Today with Catherine Ruinala. Come on up, Pastor Mark. This is a lovely story. Praise the Lord. There you are, unmasked. Unmasked. Hallelujah. Still good today. You know, um, I shared last couple of weeks ago that when I was sitting back about where I'm sitting tonight, um, Pastor Catherine had invited people to stand up. And I, I've been in faith circle for many years. I was Australian director for Joyce Myers and, and had a, a big faith church. And I've ministered around the world. And I started working very young. I started working at 14 years old, left home at 15. And I started working in the gyprock industry and plastering. And I've got friends here that I've had for many years, people here that are grown up now, came to my children's church when they're seven or eight years old. And um, a couple of them have worked for me, and they know that my back has always been bad. I get out of bed in the morning, and my back is bad. And I was sitting back there, and Pastor Catherine said, if you have pain in your body, stand up and speak to it. And I'm a great person. Like, I've believed for many years, and I've ministered around the world telling people it doesn't say to pray for the sick it says to heal the sick and unless you believe that you won't have the faith to do it and you know Romans talks about the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith doesn't look up and bring the anointing down it doesn't look down and bring the anointing up it says it's in you and so while Pastor Catherine was speaking, I said, I said, Lord, I know. I said, you know, I thank you, Lord. I pray for you. You know, I pray for myself all the time. I believe it. I don't have to stand up. And, and I've often thought that if you're in ministry and you stand up because you need something, that's a sign of weakness. People look around and say, gee, if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work for anybody. So I just sat there. And, and the Lord spoke clearly in my heart and said, is that pride? And I said, okay, I'll stand up. And I stood up and I spoke to it. I said, Lord, I just thank you right now. You know, that I hear your word. I speak your word. I speak to my body. Body, you obey the word of God. Healing is in, in, you know, healing was found at the cross. And I said, I speak to my body right now. I call it healed. And I had this big pop in my back. And I went, oh, and I turned and I had another pop in my back. And I figured, wow, that's really something. And I turned around and I had a big pop in my neck. And I didn't have a sore neck. But that's two weeks ago now. And I had one day that the pain tried to come back. But I have walked pain-free longer in the last couple of weeks than I've walked for 25 years. And... So, and I've been waking up, and I do, but I wake up every morning and I say, oh, thank you, Lord. And, you know, and I'm, I'm over 70 years old, and, and I'm walking in good health. Praise God. People that know me don't usually give me a microphone. <laughs> uh, I, go, I get blessed hearing testimonies of God's goodness. I really do. And we love to hear your testimonies. I look around the room here and I see people who've had deaf ears open. You had your deaf ear open. How many years ago would that have been? Maybe 12? 
10? Over 15 years ago, God opened your deaf ear. I remember you came in the next week saying, I can't sleep because I can hear everything now. It's <laughs> so awesome. Praise the Lord. And just so beautiful to, to see and to celebrate the good things that the Lord has done. All right, Father, we say thank you for tonight. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, you are our healer. You are our redeemer. You are faithful and true. And God, we give you all the worship and all the praise. Glorious God, be exalted in our thinking, in our praise, in our worship, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53, if you've got your Bibles. This is a passage many of you will know very well, but I want you to open your ears and open your heart because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. I've been dwelling today on the the scripture from Ezekiel that he will give us a new heart and, and put his spirit within us. And what it is to have the spirit of God himself, Christ dwelling in our hearts is an astonishing thing if we'll actually take time to think about that. What is it to have the Lord himself living on the inside of us? Wow, God, magnificent Jesus. But let's have a look at Isaiah 53. We're going to start at verse 4. Surely, say surely, surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, struck of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. I I talk about this passage as a fourfold atonement. The, The four key things that were done on the cross when Jesus The sinless one, the son of God, came as a man, lived a sinless life, was utterly dependent on the Holy Spirit, and then went to the cross, suffered and died the most horrific death, went to hell, rose again, and bought for us salvation, redemption, and restored us into fellowship with God. Light can have no fellowship with darkness. We couldn't We couldn't get rid of our sin. So the only one who could take away sin, the only one who was qualified came and he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. The only way that we could then come into union with God, become the body of Christ. Because God is perfect, he's holy, and light can't have fellowship with darkness. We needed to be made clean and righteous. And so this is what was accomplished in the atonement. But it's a fourfold atonement. I want to have a look at it, um, just going through a little bit, pulling it apart. Don't get tripped up on some theological words like atonement, but have a listen to what was accomplished for us on the cross when Jesus died for us. It says, surely, and if you know the the word surely, it's simply could be translated truly, without doubt, with certainty. Absolutely, with certainty. With certainty, he has borne our infirmities. Some translations say griefs, but if you look at the, you look it up in the Strongs, you'll see that word there actually means malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, and sickness. Certainly, 
absolutely, without doubt, surely, without doubt, He has borne our diseases, our calamities, our sicknesses, our maladies, our anxieties. Surely, without doubt, He has borne them. Hallelujah. That's good news, right? And then it goes on to say, but He was wounded for our transgressions. Now, we know transgressions uh, can be translated revolt, Uh, rebellion, sin, transgression, trespasses, to go against the law of God. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. And so he was wounded for our sin. He took the punishment for sin. Justice has to be served. Sin has to be paid for. So Jesus did it for you on your behalf. He took the penalty for your sin. He was punished so that you and I wouldn't have to be. Hallelujah. This is happier news than I can hear you responding to. Praise the Lord. It's why we can have boldness on the day of judgment, John 4, 17, because as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God for the good news of our sin being atoned for. That means when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is every stain, every trace of shame, every memory of what you've done is wiped away. He will remember our sins no more, the the Bible says. So when you come and you've messed up and you've done something wrong, you go, God, that was wrong. I'm so sorry. Have mercy on me. The Lord absolutely has forgiven you and he promises, I will make no mention of it. I will never again recall it. I will not remember your sin anymore. That is amazing. So often, I don't know about you, but I remember my sin and I beat myself up over it. Oh, you stupid girl, why'd you do that? That is not faith. That is not pleasing God. Even if our heart condemn us, it tells us in 1 John chapter 3, even if our hearts condemn us, he is greater than our hearts. Hallelujah. We need to trust our word, the word of God, which says, hey, even if you feel guilty. He has declared you not guilty and you are no longer defined by your mess, your sin, your shame. You are defined by the one that you believe in who is the Redeemer. And he says, as I am, so are you now in this world. Amazing. Praise the Lord. I just preach myself happy. Hallelujah. He was bruised for our iniquities. Um, That word bruised means crushed. He was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities means perversity, crookedness, all that is morally evil, fault, iniquity, mischief, punishment, sin. Iniquities is different to transgressions. It's actually talking about character. It's that which is perverse about you, the crookedness, that, you know, the selfish nature or the, the, the sinful nature. Because when sin entered into the world, mankind became corrupt. We got a sin nature. 
But thank you, Jesus. The Bible promises us that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This scripture I was thinking about today in Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Praise the Lord. You get a brand new heart. What was crooked about you is no longer true. That's why the Bible calls you saints. Paul continually addresses the churches, as he writes to the people in the churches, he says, to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints uh, wherever they are. They're not saints because they've been deified by the Catholic Church. They are saints because they have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and they have become new creations, born of God. As he is, so are we in this world and the Lord calls you now Saints, we're no longer sinners, we were sinners, but now we are saints, hallelujah. If we believe that we're sinners, we'll sin by faith, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you believe yourself to be crooked and selfish and mean, you will inevitably act out what you believe in your heart, because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So we need a trans a heart we need a heart mind transformation we need to have our minds renewed by the washing of the word so that we can remember the only reason that we don't behave in this glorious new nature that God gives us this new heart his spirit is because we forget the fullness of the atonement the Bible tells us in the book of James that if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer He's like a man who looked at his natural face in the mirror and then walked away and forgot what he looked like. In other words, he's saying if you're not living in righteousness, having received Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's because you've forgotten what you look like. And when we remind ourselves of the truth, as we look in the mirror of his face, we remember, as I behold you, I'm reminded that's who I'm like now. As you are, so am I in this world. Your Bible tells me the Word of God is my mirror. It tells me that God is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Therefore, God, who is love, is patient. It's His nature. It's His nature to be patient. It's His nature to be kind. And He tells me that because of the atonement, when I put my faith in Him, as I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. As I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, He comes in and puts His Spirit in me, gives me a brand new heart. And now as He is, so am I in this world. It's by grace I am saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should, could boast. So it's not a, a I'm, I'm trying to get there, one day I'll get there, one day I'll be able to call myself um, righteous. I remember as a teenager reading the Bible and I'd read all the promises for the righteous and I'd think to myself, oh, rats, I can't have that one. Because I would measure myself by my performance. Well, you know, I don't think I could justify calling myself righteous because really, you know, I behaved selfishly today or I told that lie or I did this, blah, blah, blah. 
But the Bible tells us that the good news of the gospel is that you are no longer defined by your performance. You are defined by your faith in the Son of God. Having repented of your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you, and give you a new heart and a new nature. Wounded for our transgressions. That's number one in the fourfold atonement. Bruised for our crookedness, bruised for our perversity, bruised for everything about us that we didn't like. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we've got to be really vigilant to walk in that, to remind ourselves of the truth of that. It may be true that you have been behaving in a way that's lazy, in a way that's selfish, in a way that's impatient. You may have been um, doing things that were wrong, but as soon as you recognize it and say, God, that's wrong, I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. I'm not defined by that sin, but I am forgiven as I have presented it to you. I've received by faith your incredible grace that says I am no longer defined by, by what I've done or by how I behaved yesterday. I am defined today by my faith in the Redeemer, who has given me a new nature. Hallelujah. Today I will be a doer of the word because I'm not going to be a forgetful hearer. I'm going to remind myself. I'm going to look in the mirror of his word and remind myself of who I am and what I look like so that I can then become a doer of what I believe myself to be. Right? Praise the Lord. This is basic atonement theory 101. Hallelujah. So we've got two things. We've got wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Okay, he's wounded for our sin. He's not just taken away our sin. He's given us a new heart, taken away our crookedness. Then we get to this, um, this, pass, uh, this part of the verse that says, he was punished for our peace. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, if you're New King James. Sometimes people get tripped up in those words that we don't use in re regular uh, vernacular. But the chastisement of our peace is simply that he was punished for our wholeness. That word peace there is shalom. And shalom, when you read it, means safe, that is well, happy, friendly, welfare, health, Prosperity, peace, favor, good health, peace, prosper, rest, safe, welfare, well. They're all the definitions of shalom, wholeness, well. Not just in physical health, but emotionally. He, has he was punished so that I could be made whole in my emotions, in my thinking, in supernatural peace. I can have prosperity. I can be restored. Everything can be restored to the will of God. Remember what the Bible tells us it I, I pray above all that you would prosper and be in health even as your souls prosper. Hallelujah. It's the will of God. God came to give us life and life more abundant. So it's very simple. Devil bad, God good. Devil hates you, wants to steal, to kill, to destroy. God wants to give you life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. He says to pray on earth as it is in heaven. So if you can think about what heaven's like, that's the will of God for your life now. Hallelujah. 
Now, it doesn't mean that we won't have trouble. In this world, we will have trouble. But take heart, for he's overcome the world. And he wants to give us a peace that passes understanding that in the midst of the storm, he is taking care of us. Hallelujah. That we have the favor of the Lord. We can declare, I'm surrounded by his favor as with a shield. No, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He's given us his word and his promises. Hallelujah. A thousand may fall by my side, 10,000 by my right hand, but it will not come near me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because I have the shalom, the favor of God covering me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just like um, condemnation and all the other things that the Lord has set us free from, we need by faith to grab a hold of this and to, to activate it. Amen. So he was punished for our wholeness. Let me read it to you in the Passion Translation. Verse 5, it says, But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding, we found our healing. Hallelujah. Healed, uh, there that word, by his stripes we are healed, if you're reading a traditional version. Um, Healed means to mend, that is, by stitching, to cure, to heal, physician, repair, thoroughly make whole. Hallelujah. He suffered in his body. He took sickness on himself, our diseases. Remember, with certainty, without doubt, surely he has borne our diseases, our maladies, all of our pain. And by his stripes, we are healed, mended, restored, made whole again. Hallelujah. It's a fourfold atonement. Praise God. So then we read in Romans 8, Verse 1, who can tell me what Romans 8, 1 says? Very good, Oliver Palmer. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because of this sacrifice of Jesus, because you have put your faith in Him, by grace we have been saved through faith And that are not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Hallelujah. As we have put our faith in him, we have become new creations, born again by the Spirit of God. But then the just have to live by faith. That just like I shared from the book of James there before, we can become forgetful about what the truth is of what we've received and then not walk in the freedom of this fourfold atonement. So we can, even though we've come to Jesus and said, have mercy on me, forgive me for all my sins, come into my life, make me new on the inside, come and be my Lord and Savior. We can the next day walk around and allow the enemy to make us feel guilty and condemned and we can confess our sins and say, sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for doing that. But if we don't by faith believe that he's better than we feel like we deserve, then we can live with condemnation over us. And God tells us, therefore, there is now no condemnation. So we have to do something. We have to be the just who live by faith. So by faith, we have to grab a hold of that truth. And when our heart condemns us and the the enemy comes and says, you're wicked, you're lazy, you're stupid, you're not very righteous. Who are you to believe that God will answer your prayers? Because I know what you did. 
you can pick up the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and say, the Lord says that He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my wholeness was upon him and by his stripes I'm healed. He said that if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He said that I am saved by grace through faith. I have come to him. I've brought my sin before him and I've received the mercy of God. The Bible therefore tells me in um, 1 John 4, 17 that I can have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is now, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. That he looks at me and he says, you are altogether lovely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And even if my heart condemns me, he is greater than my heart. So I'll be like David and say, hey, Saul, why are you downcast within me? If my emotions are going, oh, you're useless, stupid, not very spiritual, oh, you haven't prayed any much this week, you're not very spiritual, you can't really, who are you, hypocrite coming in here on a Friday night to worship God when you've hardly talked to me all week or when you've hardly talked to the Lord all week, who do you think you are? You can go, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I can lift my eyes to you and you will hear my voice because I'm your sheep and you hear your, she your sheep hear your voice. I thank you, Lord. I repent of my sin and I receive, Lord God, your forgiveness and your mercy. And we fight the good fight of faith with the word of God, right? Yes. Amen.